Hello? Let's play a game. You know you're like the tenth guy to try this, right? It never works out for the dipshit in the mask. Maybe. But there's never been one like me, Gale. I'm something... different. That's why I'm gonna shoot you in the fucking head! Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb and this is my co-host Mike. And we are finally talking Scream 6. It's a film I feel like came out of nowhere for us in terms of like, uh, well, I mean, obviously we were, I think, both interested in watching it. But the more Scream we talked in the past uh, few months, the higher it got on our priority list to the point where I was like, we, I think we should just talk about it on the podcast and we formulated a fine trilogy it was a a strange form of edging for both of us where we were just getting ourselves increasingly uh, aroused at the prospect of yeah there's <laughs> a scream um i i was excited because uh it finally feels like theatrical movies are, are back in a way like this is the norm like there's at least some big new release every week and so you know last week it was creed you know, this coming week it's Shazam. We'll see how that goes. But uh, there was Scream in between, and there's going to be John Wick the week after. So it feels like okay, this is we're we're, we're back. And I was happy that uh, you know Creed. I don't know if you you saw the new one, but um, I enjoyed it, and it killed at the box office. And then Scream. So it's like you have these two separate uh, entries in the the franchise, these reboots of sorts, and they're doing best in their series so um yeah it's it's very positive also shazam comes out this week shazam 2 and I, i'm sure that's where the positivity ends but um you know it's it's am i being cruel to Shaz- i remember kind of enjoying the shazam movie but uh i think it's just the fact that i've seen that trailer it feels like for two years now that i'm, I'm ready to, <laughs> to to put that to rest well i'm not a huge fan of the director either like i didn't like lights out very much um, I think the second Annabelle movie was okay. So, like, I'm not a huge fan of the director. Is that the director of Shazam? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. All right. Uh, and there's a scene in the Shazam 2 trailer, I think, where he's, uh, I think Shazam is, like, in, in therapy or something. And there's an Annabelle doll in the back. I was like, all right, I mean, I'm glad he is paying homage to his uh, roots. Oh, okay. So he can do that, but Joe Dante tries <laughs> to get a few silly gags and you're all over his ass. <laughs> Well, <laughs> Shazam isn't picking up the doll and, and shoving it into the camera like, you get it? <laughs> you know, he's not doing that to the kids. Uh, I didn't dig Shazam 1 that much. What the fuck are we talking about Shazam for? Let's talk Scream. <laughs> I, this, this is my, this is my first Scream in theaters. Really? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess four would have been maybe your first adult opportunity. And yeah. I believe when we discussed uh, Scream 5, although that's not what it was called, that was sort of, uh, we came to the conclusion, that was the forgotten one. Um, and it's even forgotten in our podcast because we did Scream 3 and 5 <laughs> and now 6. So, um, And probably no reason to do Scream 1 and 2 because those are the... The classics or whatever, you know, that's, that's, that's a layup. But I think you were far more enthusiastic about, um, the last scream, even though you didn't see it theatrically, but that was a different time period where it came to digital. I think very quickly, I think within like the month of its release, what did you think of scream six? You and I have not engaged with any, any dirty texts about scream. I have no idea if you, are you know uh, so disappointed? I have no idea if you're still looking forward to Scream Seven. What what uh, coming out of the theater? What do you think, Webb? I, I felt very much like how I uh, felt after watching Glass Onion. I'm like, boy, that was fun. I enjoyed myself, but I like the previous entry just a little bit more. It's a very different journey this time around because I was not expecting to spend as much time with the uh, now titled Core 4 as we got. I was very impressed. I was like, hey, you know what? Not They passed the baton to the new characters in the last movie and now we're getting to spend time with them. And I really appreciated that. So I liked the journey to the end of Scream 6 the reveal I was not a huge fan of, and and on some level, like I was like, oh, okay, I kind of pieced it together by the end, uh, and so there was a little bit of like a disappointment there, and and Scream Five, the entire thing was about toxic fandom, which is something I've been, you know, on on my soapbox on this podcast uh, since we started this journey, and so it just felt like it spoke to me just a little bit more, but this one is a different beast. Um, I love it in a different way than Scream Five, but boy, I had a blast, and it it oh, and of course, I have to I have to mention as soon as I saw Samara Weaving open the movie, I was pissed because I knew she was not long for this Same. world. <laughs> Same, uh, you know, for all their talk of uh, you know, there's the one sequence. Uh, it's it's actually it's probably the least amount, even though um. It's so there, – there's so much reverence to the, the previous entries, uh, either from the, the killers themselves um, – and that's not a spoiler because that's – you know as, as we covered Scream 3, this is a spoiler for Scream 3, by the way. That's the only one that did the, uh, the solo uh, killing, and it's because I think they just edited out the scenes with the – when they revealed the other killer, <laughs> kind of a messy uh, you know, way to, to go about it. Here it's definitely not a spoiler because it, within the first ten minutes, you've already met a killer, which was was very cool. Um, but since I have such an affinity for Samara Weaving, uh, yeah, I was kind of hoping for the subversion. I think I made the same um, uh, complaint about Scream Five that I was wanting, like you know, the killer to die in that first sequence. Like if you have a, a, a series where there's multiple killers. Why not have one of the killers be the first, you know, kill, you know, in a home invasion gone wrong or something of that nature. You put Samara Weaving in there for five minutes and I'm motherfucking you as a, as a, a film entity that you, you took her away from me. But I'll, I'll go watch, you know, Ready or Not again. Uh, it'll be fine. 
Uh, did you catch that? That there was that her character was like in the like the subway, like one of the like where they had all the different like people dressed up as like horror sort of icons. You had like the sort of tattered like wedding dress and stuff. Look, I thought that was very cool. Uh, I I need to go back and and pause that scene because um I was talking to one of my coworkers about it and she's like, yeah, the the shining twins were there and I was like, God damn it, I didn't pay attention and I closed, you know. Hey man. That's what you get when you pay for the, the RPX screening like I did. I want the, the biggest, the loudest, uh, which I went to see it with our mutual friend Dave, who, you know, by the time this is <clears throat> released, uh, you know, hopefully he's he's married because you're you're coming into to my city uh, for his, his wedding. So <laughs> if all things go well, you know, and there's no objections or whatnot. Uh, but uh, he was actually kind of complaining to me. He's like, why are we watching Scream? six and like the rpx and i was like if only webb was here he would understand he wouldn't even ask that question <laughs> <laughs> no not at all my goodness webb's now shaking his head like i'm not attending this farce of a wedding with such a fool <laughs> getting married this weekend <laughs> i'm the one who's like i object <laughs> because of what he said <laughs> allegedly about scream six <laughs> um play this recording yeah. <laughs> I I dug this movie quite a bit. Um, I I I feel like, and one of the things that uh, I think we should mention now is that all of the films that we talked about this month take their established locations and ditch them for the bright lights of the, the the Big Apple. And I think even this one doesn't really go full New York, but I feel a little more like they use that setting uh, uh, versus. Gremlins 2, which takes place in a building, and Jason which takes Manhattan. For practical reasons, right? Sure. Like, they're sure. like, we can't afford to have Gremlins actually running around New York. What, what do you, who do you think you are, Joe Dante? You're not <laughs> Spielberg. You're, you're the C-less Spielberg. That's why you're doing one... Gremlins the new batch. <laughs> there's, there's a scene where Gizmo's, like, walking around, like, on the sidewalk, and I'm just like, this is nonsense. It looked so stupid. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, and so I, I think the new setting, uh, was a great, uh, shakeup for this. It, it made sense. And, you know, I know, um, there was a lot of hoopla about Sydney not being part of this, but like, what, how, what is she going to do? Move to New York with the, you know, it, it wouldn't have made sense anyways. I think they found a great way to, uh, kind of move on from the character and I don't need her to be stabbed or shot any more times. Yeah. There's not crazy set pieces for this one just because it's in New York. There's not a feeling that they need to, you know, have a, a kill or a chase around the Statue of Liberty or something like that. But it does make if you're a fan of the film series, which I think it's fair to say that you and I both are, since this is the third entry I mean this is rivaling like Kevin Smith level <laughs> on trilogy and theory as far as featuring uh one series of films. Um it does feel dramatically opened up compared to what we're used to being on a high school campus, a high school party, a college campus, a college party, like that sort of thing. And I, I know there's, there may be some people that like that sort of, you know, uh, crystal Lake, you know, the, like the fact that it's like, we're going back to Woodsboro all the time. And that was what the fifth one was about was drawing someone back in yeah. uh, to this, this town that's going to, you know, but I, I don't know. I, I guess I felt the more sort of real world implications and that's, I'm, I want to be cautious here because 
every time the killer's revealed, it's it's completely stupid what their their reasoning is. Like it it actually the killers have no regard for, for their own life, livelihood, nothing. Like it's like, wow, that's just that sounds like something that was like mildly annoying and you just went full tilt about it. Like there's something <laughs> where like like spoilers in this one, but there is a family relation element involved uh that ties into you know the previous century uh and there's not much in the way of justification as far as like <laughs> your kid's a nut <laughs> tried to kill people and you're like how dare <laughs> someone get in his way of his dreams and his passions and it's like were you also crazy before or is this just something like you're just really into your kid Considering, uh, uh, spoilers, considering the, the father helped build the Scream Museum, yes, like, they are just as wacko. <laughs> but did you like that he's like, yeah, I mean, I, I was never really into the movies that much, but it's my kid, you know, I mean, I, <laughs> <you can't. laughs> I was more into football, but he loves his ghost face, so I got to help him. I got to be so- I mean, as a father, do you know how much Go Diego Go and Paw Patrol have watched? You know, I so you do think yeah, I don't even know what that first one is. <laughs> Paw Patrol, I think I've seen like a toy or something, but yeah. Go Diego Go is a spin off of Dora the Explorer. <laughs> really? I didn't know that yeah. universe had uh, had expanded. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I, I didn't mind. The thing is, as long <laughs> there was some sadness and resignation in that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind the film being a little illogical. I mean, the amount of times that even Chad gets stabbed in this movie is like, how is he still alive? The thing is, there's an internal logic to these movies. Like, it, it works with, within yeah. the Scream universe. So, I, I don't mind. What did you think of the core four? Were you cheering for them? And were you, I, I mean, I was upset because I thought Chad was done. I was like, I don't want any of them to die. I know that you want a film to have stakes and all that, but I don't want the core four mm. to die this soon. Yeah. I mean, so the, the precedent is, uh, it's Randy, right? I mean, that's like a fan favorite and you, you, you off them. It's the fucking second entry midway through the, the second film. Uh, and that death is cited. It's it's as sort of like the the warning sign to the, the audience, like, hey, you may be starting to enjoy these characters. That's where I came down with it. Was I wasn't taken. I mean, none of these cats are Samara weaving. Like none of them have the it factor. Where it's just like she she shows up and you're like, oh my god, like movie star in the making, just being here. I guess uh, Jenna Ortega's. You know, kind of, you know, if, if you, if, if by star making you think, uh, there was a TikTok dance based off of a Netflix show that she was on, if that's where we are, which is pretty fucking low rent, I actually liked him a lot this time around. And so I was having that conversation with Dave, who tended to, I think, side with me on Scream 5 as far as like, yeah, none of these people I don't care about. None of them are going to be movie oh. stars, whatever. But, but, I talked with my wife afterwards. She's like, well, I mean, Nev Campbell's not really <laughs> never turned into a movie star either. She's like, other than Sidney Prescott, was there something where you're like, Ooh, I need to go see the next Nev Campbell movie. And no, I, I'd never once felt that way. Nothing, nothing against her. Same for Arquette, Courtney Cox, like you know, none of them. I, I did not follow. So I think I was being awesome with myself. It's like, 
like, okay, look, neither one of these are as good as Scream 1 or Scream 2. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But by having the core four, as they call themselves, live through this, like, I'd already started to enjoy their company. I've started, like, it's like I needed the second film to be like, okay, these are my people now. Like, this is, yes, I, I do care. And so, yeah, maybe, maybe it's a little bit, I don't know, pussy that they didn't kill one of them, but... I, I I don't think so. I think I want one more go round. Now the the next one, you know, kill off two of them if you must. I guess. No. But, but this time around, I I enjoy. This. I mean, you've got to have you got to kill one of them the next time around. Well, I was worried that one of them was going to die this time because it it seemed like this one was following pretty close to the vibe of Scream Two. You know, they're on a college setting. Uh, Randy died, and so maybe one of his relatives is going to die in this one. Um, to the point where, like, hey, the killer is the, you know, taking vengeance f- for the last killer. And so, like, there's a lot of similarities between the two of them. I was worried, but I'm glad it didn't happen. Uh, let's talk, can we talk about Kirby? I was so happy to see her. And also the fact that her name is Kirby, and I'm already, you know, as a comic geek. Uh, that, I'm sure that's not why the character was named. But I, I don't even, I haven't even seen anything with uh, Hayden Panettiere. Uh, in it, like I, I didn't see heroes. I didn't see any of her movies. I've only seen her in Scream Four, but I love her in Scream Four, and so it was wonderful to see her again here. A little weird that she's an FBI agent. She's, <laughs> I don't know. That's not. That's. I mean, it's good to have the character in the mix. There's a reasoning for her to be around with a gun and to know all that she does without coming across as some sort of like crazy stalker sociopath. I guess. Um. I I liked it uh, more in theory than execution. I guess I like I liked bringing the the sort of the, the world of the various entries. Like I like the close ties since you've had most of them around that smallish town in California. I figured before this point, some of the survivors might have uh, been like, uh, "Hey, let's uh, maybe exchange numbers or something like that sort of thing." Like I've only I've known what you've gone through, that sort of thing, and also in you know, let's be honest, um, it's just good for your IP, right? <laughs> it's just good for, to, to bring some of these these people back. Um, but I was trying to explain. Now, keep in mind, I watched all of these with my wife in the lead up to five. And she had forgotten. She was like, who is Kirby? I don't <gasps> know which one you know, was she in. Yeah. And <laughs> based on your your gasp there, can you explain to my wife, who won't listen to this, by the way, but I'll just relay uh, to her. Um, what is it about? Because you're not alone. Like amongst the, like, the, the Scream fandom, Kirby is in particular like some sort of shining beacon from the, the lost entry. What is it about that character um, that made it – such a uh, treat, I guess, to the fans that she was popping back up in Scream 6. I think because Scream, the franchise, is so in love with movies, it speaks to the movie fans. And so when you've got a character who, you know, it's hard to replace Randy, but she was kind of the closest thing to (laughs) a female Randy because you've got, you know, uh, the other two. Which is always better. For the dorks. Yeah. <laughs> Just make her a chick. A very attractive chick. It's like a Jamie Kennedy. You can fuck? Yes, please. Yeah, that, I guess that's what they're doing. Um, I, I mean, obviously. It, 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 it. 
you know, I, I always wonder whenever I'm thinking about, uh, oh, maybe I can start a podcast and do this and do that. It's like, yeah, it's already been done. But then I dropped <laughs> gems <laughs> like Jamie Kennedy, you can fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do have something new to offer to the <laughs> to this world. <laughs> um, and also, uh, you know, she's a very attractive. I, I, it's all subjective, but I've, you know, generally she's considered to be attractive. I think she's attractive. I like her look. I think with something like Heroes from the promos and, and brief clips I've seen, she kind of looks like you're... You know, every other uh, blonde-haired actress who's, like, good-looking and whatever. But she has a very—the aesthetic that I, either she decided or the makeup or whomever decided um, on the character's look, I think they did a bang-up job. Uh, she's got a little bit of, like, a kind of a tomboy feel. Um, so it's hard to tell you, like, why, oh, why she's a fan favorite. But I would have to say mostly because— if I had to give you the essentials here, she is an attractive film geek, and and that there's just something about that, and I think that the fans of the Scream franchise uh, gravitate towards. Um, I I made it a point. Uh, there is a YouTube channel that I do follow called Dead Meat, and they do really good recaps, which uh, they sprinkle in a lot of behind the scenes stuff. I and I I purposely. Watched the uh, one where they did, uh, they did a recap for Scream Four uh, with my wife, and so she was she was ready to see uh, uh, more Kirby because um, I, I kind of wanted to make sure. Literally, I remember before watching Deadpool Two, I was having a conversation with her about like God, like uh, Deadpool actually you know, he was in a Wolverine movie, and she's like, really? And so I went and I showed her clips of uh, Ryan Reynolds in Wolverine's Origins. And sure enough, later that evening, we watched Deadpool 2. They make fun of that movie. And literally, a, a, a scene that she had seen a few hours earlier, they make fun of. And so she was right in on the end joke. And I was like, oh, thankfully, I, you know, that worked out. And she didn't have to watch uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, oh, right? Oh, God, no. God. So that was the best gift. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, agreed. Um, yeah, so I, I really uh, liked Kirby here. Um, and even, uh, especially the scene where they're recapping pretty much all of the Scream films. This film goes beyond just the regular meta stuff. We're like, oh, they're talking about horror films. They are talking about the franchise in this one. I think this is the first one where they actively go back and literally, like, you know, they, they're the suspect wall that you see in every, uh, you know, the cliche uh, cop uh, movie. All the killers are right up there to the point where I think there's a shot of the detective and and he is kind of in place like you see him standing in front of that board and to the point where like visually you're like he's the next guy so i thought that was um really kind of funny and, and clever as well i am concerned i will say what do you, where do you go from here because sam seems to have these tendencies it seems like like oh she kind of enjoys killing like hmm. some of this feels right for her is she going to become the new dexter I have no idea where uh, we're going. I'm sure we'll get a Scream 7 because this one's doing good business. Hopefully, it'll continue to do good business. Where do we go from here? Do you have any idea? I mean, maybe like a dueling banjos type thing. You have like a good ghost face and a bad one. You know, they, they duel uh, to the death. I, I, I don't know. Like, that's that seems the way they're, they're pushing it. And it's a way to get uh, uh, Skeet, I guess, <laughs> back in <laughs> the picture. My wife said, uh, you know, because, and I was happy to hear it, uh, 
women in particular get a, a lot of hate, uh, especially actors for any sort of plastic surgery that they do. And like, I think oh. Courtney Cox, I, I saw an interview with her where she actually was talking about that, where she, she was talking about, you know, the work she'd had done and, and stuff where she was like, ah, it's just, you know, something to the effect of like, you always feel more self-conscious, um, you know, about yourself than, than other, you know, outsiders, outsiders like love you. Like if they were fans of yours, they, they, they want to like see you. And she was, she was talking about, you know, the need to age gracefully and all that and mistakes she'd thought she'd made. Um, but my wife was right on it. Even though you just get a little ref- reflection uh, of, of Skeet. She's like, God, his face looks weird too. <laughs> like, all right, that's, that's fair enough. Like <laughs> we'll check the men <laughs> for, for aging as well. Uh, gracefully or not so gracefully. I think it's a fair point. I think that's the new element to this, you know, the, the core four is that you have, you know, the, the the calls coming from inside the house type thing. Um, I don't think they will go in the direction where she would turn on her friends or anything where she's just going to like lose it. I feel like that would be something that would happen in an 80s version of this series, though. Like you'd run out of ideas and suddenly she's the, the killer. But um, I don't know. Um, I, I think the New York thing was was awesome. Um, I don't given the budget. I still think this is like a 30, 35 million dollar movie. So, I mean, they're keeping it. That's probably high for a horror film, but that's very modest for something that is, you know, the second in a successful relaunch. I don't imagine we're going to see it go into like Fast and Furious territory where it just like send them to space, I guess. <laughs> um, you tell me, did that work for Jason? I don't, I don't remember if you said, no. if you had a comment on it, but did not work or no, you never watched it. <laughs> no, 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 I, I've seen enough of it, uh, to the point where, um, Jason X, that's the one in space, sat on the shelves for over a year after it was done being made because there was a shakeup at at the um, the higher up level, I think, of New Line or whoever owned it at that point, maybe Paramount, and they didn't, they weren't fans, and so like, eh, we're not releasing it, and so it just sat there. It got leaked. And it became one of the most pirated movies before it had ever even come out. And they finally were like, all right, let's just dump it in the theaters. And shocker, it didn't do well. So uh, it was almost kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, So no, it didn't work. But David Cronenberg is in it and he gets kind of speared in the chest uh, because Jason kills him. And so if you you ever wanted to see Cronenberg on screen in in a, a fun cameo. Jason X is right. only when he's dying. Certainly, I'll, I'll keep that trend going for the trilogy. I already attacked Leonard Maltin, <laughs> so Cronenberg too. <laughs> he said that he'll be in it as long as they kill him. So uh, he has a he has a good sense of humor. I think. What was your favorite scene in Scream Six? And and I can I can I'd safe to assume that like, you enjoyed yourself. Like we're we're giving this a, a, a at least even a mild thumbs up. Oh, I, I, this is, um, yeah, if I've not expressed my enthusiasm enough, I only have this behind, uh, Scream, uh, one and two. Excellent. That's, this is my favorite of the, so yeah, um, <laughs> we've got somewhere, you know, we covered my least favorite with Scream three for our, uh, you know, Black Sheep, uh, mm-hmm. trilogy. And, uh, I don't know. I think Scream four, I think we would have gotten a lot of mileage out of because it's, you know, it's somewhere in the middle, um, where I was, I was, I was one of the people that was just happy that it was back. 
Um, but it's, um, yeah, it, it didn't take its, its swings. Like, like these new ones have at least one or two interesting ideas or new fresh elements that they're adding to it, which I appreciate. The real trouble with Scream 4 is, like, it, it seems to have no purpose. You introduce all these new characters, and you kill them off. Yeah. So, I mean, thankfully, I, I believe, uh, uh, Hayden had in her contract that, like, she doesn't want to be killed. Or, like, like she doesn't want the character to be confirmed dead. So, thankfully, at least we get her um, back. And so, hopefully, she'll be in further entries. To answer your question, because I don't really have an interesting answer because it's the scene with uh, Samara weaving. It's, the opening <laughs> it's it's her talking on the phone. It's my favorite favorite bit. But also the reveal. The reveal in the alleyway when the mask comes off, I thought it was Ooh. awesome. I, I was really, like, I was... You know, sort of fanboying out during that. I thought that was cool. Um, but it's a kid uh, from so uh, the Grand scene, Budapest but... Hotel. <laughs> I was like, oh shit! <laughs> of course it is. Like the, the, the natural, <laughs> the killer there. Um, yeah, that actually creeped me out more because of that, though. There was, <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was more freaked out. Uh, but but um, not my favorite scene. But you talked about the. Uh, uh, Hayden Panettiere having, a, I guess, a no-kill clause. What did you make of uh, Gail Weathers here? Uh, she has a sequence where it could be... It felt like they didn't really know if they want to kill her. So much so that she is revealed to be alive like by a character in a scene much later. Like, yeah, you know, she's going to make it. Um, I thought that would have been a fine ending. I thought that is somewhat a misstep. I don't want her to come back, is what I'm saying. I feel like that's a good send-off. Alive or dead, that's a good send-off for Courtney Cox. I agree. I mean, I was thrilled to learn that, uh, you know, she ends Scream 5 be like, those fuckers can die in anonymity, and then she writes a new book. Absolutely love that character <laughs> choice. Brilliant. Uh, but yeah, no, no no more Gale Weathers. I'm I'm happy uh, for, for her to kind of leave the franchise at this point. I think she has uh, had a great impact, but I, I don't... I know she's not up there as, like, final girl material the way, like, Sydney is, because Sydney's just been through so much. But Gail's been right there, right behind her every step of the way for the most part. And so, yeah, I'm, I think she's earned her uh, rest. Yeah, I mean, having the line, like, you know, tell Sydney that um, he never got me. Although. Yeah, yeah, that was, was a good line. There was a little bit post-screening where my wife and I were like, but if she had died. I mean, he did. He's, he's the reason she's dead, but he just didn't get to witness your death. He didn't get to to know for a fact he did in that moment, but he'd find out later. You know, he'd read the news and be like, oh, I did get her. Okay, cool. <laughs> on to, on to the next. <laughs> Off the checklist. Do you think either of the previous two films that we've discussed, Jason Takes Manhattan and Gremlins 2, did they even come close to taking advantage of the New York setting the way that Scream 6 does? Now, Scream 6 wasn't even filmed in New York. It was filmed in Montreal, I think. And so they found locations that I'm like, oh, yeah, that could be New York. And so I feel like there's enough use of it. And obviously the subway, they actually built, that was a set, by the way. They they created a, the subway set, uh, one that would actually like kind of run. And I was like, wow. that. And from what I understand, it's more expensive initially to create a set, but then it pays for itself by the end because you can rig the shots exactly how you want and, and have it perfect. I'm I'm glad like we got those glory shots of New York and Jason takes Manhattan, but boy, I mean you know uh, that's what the movie should have been from the get go. 
I'll, I'll I'll forgive. Like, okay, you have the first act making your way there, but boy, we we literally like the last fifteen minutes or so. Um, and Gremlins too. You trade in the small town setting where you've got a bunch of uh, people in the town that you kind of know and and maybe not love, but like, oh, okay, like you can see these people like this in your life in your town. And then everybody's kind of a dick in the building for the most part. So you kind of get that aspect of New York. But did you do you think that really any of these, did they use New York to its fullest? I liked it in comparison to going back to the star of our trilogy uh, with Jason Takes Manhattan that New York here is actually some sort of like security blanket in a way. It's like, okay, you're going to have a crowd around you. Like, you know, like take public transportation. You know, the if this is a horror film that had come out in the end of the 80s, it would have been like, well, you're probably going to get stabbed by someone else, not Jason <laughs> in the subway system. I liked it as far as a bookend to our trilogy, as far as how New York looked. Uh, Gremlins is weird in the sense that it's sort of, it's bright and sunny and it's not necessarily unsafe. It's just far too sanitized. And I guess it's just, you know, run by like, super evil capitalists that seems to be their take on it but i would I agree with you i don't think that scream six is like using new york because it's new york uh but they're using the idea of you can remake yourself and like leave it all behind by, by going to, to new york city and i i like that i like that the city wasn't something to be feared necessarily uh, they even run into the convenience store it's in the trailer uh to ask for help and they find people who are ready to throw down yeah. Uh, not competently, but like you got a problem, buddy, like that, and immediately yeah. getting stabbed. So I like that. I like the modern version of New York is uh, is protective by nature. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I wanna be a part of it. New York, New York. These vagabond shoes. Are longing to stray Right through the very heart of it New York, New York I wanna wake up in a city That doesn't sleep To find I'm king of the hill Top of the heap If I can make it there, I'll make it. That never sleeps To find a king of the hill Head of the list Cream of the crop Top of the heap He's a little town I'm melting away I'm melting away 